0: The FM Evolution Podcast is brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services. We'll ensure consistently great performance to help keep your business running smoothly. For more information, visit cgpconstruction.com. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the evolution. Here's Sean Black.
1: What's up, guys? It's Sean Black at FM Evolution, and once again, we're here with our leadership series with Jim Robinson. Jim, welcome to the show, sir.
2: Great to be here, man. This is Thursday, another
1: outstanding day. Let's rock and roll, man. Ask the hard questions today. Oh man, we gotta get a good topic. Gotta be a good topic. It's it's very uh, relevant for a post-pandemic society right now. Uh, We're going to be talking about change management, specifically in the service industry and what that looks like. For those who don't know, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your management style and how change management kind of plays a role uh, or your definition of change management for you. Well,
2: I've been in the business a very long time, 37 years, uh, had CGP, I'm what I consider an autonomous leader. I believe in the power of trust, and I believe in the power of uh, individuals' own creativity. So if you cast a vision, people will drive the result. And that's my job is to cast a vision as the leader of the company. Uh, but that's really, uh, it's 37 years, I've I'm, I'm always been autonomous. I don't grind. I don't do those things. I correct. I do what I'm supposed to do as an influencer. Um, but for the most part, I'm very autonomous leader, and people get the free, the freedom, to do what they need to do
1: and how they see the best way to do that. That's that's my style. Freedom, baby, I love it. You know, I think that takes a lot of trust, and obviously, you're building your culture with that, in kind of in place. Uh, And I know that's a big core part of your beliefs and working with people is really is building that trust with them. When you're kind of trying to implement change in your organization or any organization, what would you recommend is the best approach to do that as a leader? Drop a bomb
2: in the middle of the room and run. run. Implementing change. Implementing change is no joke, and it depends on what you're changing. If there's team buy-in to what you're going to change, this is important, it'll change automatically and very organically. If there's a vision that has to be cast to get the buy-in, then you have to, as a leader, you really have to create a buy-in, but that vision, you got to be able to paint the picture. We recently acquired a property that we're going to develop a, a new building on for our corporate office. And as I was walking the property the other day, they're like, why did you buy this? It's a very distressed property. And my explanation is, is because I see past what you see in front of you. I'm a vision guy. I see big picture. I can see it with color. I can smell it. I can feel it. I I just have a really vivid, creative imagination. And you kind of have to for this property that I'm looking at. (laughs) It's no joke. I have seen but that. But to buy in for the, the staff or the team buy in, you've got to be able to sit down and be able to explain this. You've got to be able to paint the vision that they can, one, understand and have some buy in to that concept of that. Um, so that's really implementing change, has got to be buy in. And that's painting the vivid, the vivid picture of where we're going. And some leaders just change things to change things, and that's a bad idea. Uh, if you're just testing the waters, don't do it with your people, do some research, find another way, but change just for change doesn't help. It has to be specific and you have to, we use the bullseye. We say the what, how, and, and why, or because, or results is the center point. And we use that structure all the time. There's a bulletin board in my San Diego office that shows that.
1: And I use that structure all the time to guide that buy-in and the process of change. That makes sense. I love that. I know some people struggle with this, and it's kind of this balancing act of, you know, efficiently implementing changes, getting them to happen, but also considering, you know, how that's going to affect employee morale, and then, of course, their buy-in. What piece of, What advice would you give for people who are trying to balance that out?
2: Buy-in is vision casting. You can get anybody in the room to have buy-in based on your, your ability to have the vision. You cast that vision, there's buy-in. Morale is very different. Morale is driven by a plan and efficiencies of implementing the plan. And if the plan is not defined, either by the individual or by the leader or whatever that looks like, the plan has to be clearly defined. And if you're following it, having consistency, the morale will stay high that becomes a non-issue. If your morale is dipping, you got to look at what. how clear is your plan. You painted this nice picture where we were going to go, but did you give them a good plan or did you support the team in creating the plan? We always say internally, we always say date stamp everything. It must have a date. If it doesn't have a date, it's not going to happen. So we date stamp things. What is the incremental thing? Put a date on it. The morale will stay high as long as there's a defined plan and consistency in following the plan.
1: That actually brings up a really good point I wanted to ask you is when you are implementing this plan, how do you ensure that the communication and the training surrounding that plan are really effective and thorough? What's the best approach there?
2: Consistency in what your check-in points are is how we do it. Um, We have consistent meetings. That's really, really important that you're meeting with your team leads. If they're rolling out some kind of a change, implementing something new, uh, there's got to be consistency in those meetings and those check-ins. Also, your top key players on each team, that's a one-on-one in the hallway, at a launch, in that coffee, something. But there needs to be the casual conversation. One, how are we implementing? What's it look like? What's the team morale like? Have that uh, temperature check and uh, implement next steps. Keep it moving forward. Mm -hmm.
1: That's all you can do. I guess it really comes down to having that personal relationship, that personal investment with your team, yeah? Yeah, it's getting them aligned.
2: I mean, putting the right people in the right chair, uh, that's critical uh, as we align. And then the breaking bread, you've got to have time to have casual conversation, which uh, is always uh, most generally business discussions come up. Uh, because they're looking for insight. Yeah. And when they ask the questions, you can deliver the the harder answers and keep the team moving forward. Without those temperature checks, those check-in points, there'll
1: be some failures and you may have some morale problems. You got to jump in quickly. Once you've really kind of established, okay, we've got a plan, we're implementing it, change is starting to happen. From a service industry, from a leadership standpoint, how do you, how do you go about measuring that success of the change, both in short-term and in long-term results? What's the best way of doing that?
2: Uh, when you develop your plan, you're developing check-in points, and you got to meet those milestones. Those milestones are is, um, you're moving the football towards the end zone. Did you just make five yards? Did you make 10 yards? Did you make 20 yards? This week, we needed to make five yards. Did we do that? So there really has to be a check-in point. And the check-in points have to be consistent. We always say you uh, assign a change or a new task, but you do that with clarity. What do you need? You have to give clarity. And as the leader of whatever that change or task is, there has to be a check-in point. So if you're doing a seven-week project, three weeks in, two weeks in, there's got to be a check-in. But that's clearly defined on the plan going forward. Have the check-in and then have the closeout and then celebrate you celebrate the closeout because that's celebrating those wins for those individuals that got to the end zone you need to have those celebrations. And even the milestones have mild, you know, celebrations for that as well.
1: Do you feel like that is the kind of the opportune time to, as you're measuring, you know, short-term and long-term in, in those sessions, is that kind of your opportune time to lean in and help people grow?
2: Well, the the entire process is a, is a growth yeah. journey. As you implement a new plan, I mean, everybody becomes uncomfortable at some level because they're taking complacency of what we did yesterday and we're implementing something brand new for tomorrow. And that could be to serve themselves, could be to serve the team, could be to serve the client, the greater good of something. But we don't implement change to just change. We do it because it's going to serve a greater good. And in doing so, people learn. And there is a big growth journey.
1: Yeah, I agree I've definitely over my career and, and and working here, having those moments with you, it's it a lot of them turn into aha moments. You know, as you're having those conversations and you're going through, and you're like, "Oh crap!" And you know, you learn something new during that. Uh, and it, so I've always found that to be super helpful to have those check ins and and when we have those conversations, for me, it's a learning experience for sure. Like I'm like, "Whoa!" And then sometimes you go, huh. it's, sometimes it's a it's a Check yourself moment, you know? Yeah, look in the mirror, right? Well, I mean, a lot of those
2: moments really are. Yeah. You know, if you're putting somebody else in check, you've got to check yourself first. Because if you're putting somebody else in check, it could be something that's internal. We got to go look in the mirror frequently and we got to say, what's going on right now? Am I really truly correcting them? something happening or am I seeing it incorrectly? Let's adjust. Now let's go and address it. But always check yourself. Always check the mirror first. Make sure you got this right.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, implementing this for – impl- implementing any kind of new plan or, or you know, uh, especially when you're dealing with change management issues, a lot of leaders, they make mistakes and, and they don't have the experience. In your experience, what are some of the the common pitfalls to avoid when you're implementing changes specifically in the service industry?
2: Slow down. I would say you got to slow down because – uh One of the things leaders have the tendency to do is we walk faster, we talk faster, we do a lot of things fast. Mm. Our communication, right, the the saying is we do, how we do anything is how we do everything. And if we're a fast mover, I do, I walk very quick. I move very fast. I don't ever have a I don't have a switch to monitor that. I, I just move. I can attest to that. And <laughs> so you have to slow down if you're going to implement change and how that looks. But you got to slow down to communicate because you're communicating at different levels. Depends on who's on the team, which chair or seat are you talking to at the moment. But you got to slow down and add that their level of clarity, not mine. What I think I already got a perfect picture in my head. This is going to be amazing. But they may not have that yet. So we've got to make sure we're walking that walk with them so they have some clarity as to what that looks like. Mm-hmm.
1: Keep adding clarity, but slow down so they understand you, not just yourself. I imagine that understanding the way that person communicates as well probably plays a role. Uh, because for if you're talking to executives versus you know middle management, that can change the way you approach them, right?
2: Well, what their growth journey is really important to recognize. If uh, you had an entry-level person that was just with you for two weeks, they got some amazing insight. Go talk to them. But are they going to be able to deliver the content that you've had with somebody that's been here for two years? Probably not. There's not the buy-in yet. You've got to be able to keep casting that vision to that new person. So there is buy-in. We say you can accelerate the loyalty period by engagement by casting the visions, letting them have clarity or allowing you know yourself to provide clarity so they can understand it differently on their language. But you got to continue that journey of adding clarity. But nobody gets uh, disregarded. You have to talk to all of them. And the newer they are, they don't put blinders on, so they will give you some very candid feedback. That's a great place to go. And then your people that have been here for a while you know, we celebrated some birthdays or anniversaries, 20 plus years with CGP this week. Yeah. And that's a big deal to talk to those folks because they're also evolving. Even though somebody new may be coming in, we're all evolving. And so we got to embrace all that. They have the great feedback and you take all of that feedback and that builds the plan forward. What do you got to change? What do you got to shift to keep moving?
1: What was the, the most interesting thing you have learned or experienced for someone who is brand new to the company that you that you've talked with
2: confusion and that's the that's the key of adding the clarity right Is understanding when somebody comes in after 2 weeks and they're confused and we experienced this not so many years ago yeah. and we started implementing a, a radical shift a change in how we train for certain roles we went from a week or so to full immersion to now we have very focused three- and four-week training programs, up to six-week programs. depends on which role you're in. But we changed because of that type of feedback. Some of us may just assume everyone else is going to know, and that's a mistake. Why would we, you know, Why would we think that way? For one, we have to slow down, understand what they know and don't know, and so, like I say, you know, two weeks on the job, they don't have blinders on. They can be very candid. And that that uh, that clarity of, why wow, we have to change. Let's implement a change. And then we put a document in it. Here's what we're looking for. Here's where we're going to be at. Here's the results. Then we implemented that change. There was a lot of buy-in to that because we've been creating a lot of pain. And we've done that for years. We just frustrate people, and then they grow through it, and then they move on. But we've created another way to create pain, so they grow.
1: It's a different level, and we evolve, and we've evolved with them. That's a cool. That's really cool. I don't know that a lot of people realize you know, how valuable that feedback is in, in implementing change uh, management or, or any kind of change in an organization uh, to really advancing it, so being able to tell you, take that confusion from someone who's new and realize, and I'm like, okay, this is not them. That's us. Like we need to, we need to change this process. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah that's cool. yeah. If they're confused,
2: it's us. Yeah. I mean, that's again, we got to go look in the mirror um, because if, if our, if our team's coming in saying, wow, I'm confused, what, what do you want me to do? Well, we better go okay. check ourselves. What
1: happened? It's a,
2: <laughs> it's a reflection back on us every time. Management leadership is responsible for all failures. Whether we did something or not, we take full responsibility. And in doing so, we have to really analyze all the time. You know, what do I need to make me better so
1: I can serve them better? But we have to figure that out. Awesome, man. All right, so we're going to take a break. We're going to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back talking about change management with uh, Jim Robinson.
0: Did you know that CGP Maintenance and Construction Services are also commercial plumbers? They added the plumbing division in 2000 and have been serving the nation's largest brands ever since. They offer everything from cleaning drains, camera work, and grease trap repairs to full repipes and dig ups. So when your brand needs commercial plumbing, remember to call CGP. They are ready to be on site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. They specialize in restaurants, retail stores, commercial buildings, and hospitality. No matter what your plumbing needs may be, CGP is ready. And because they are a maintenance company, they can make the repairs needed after the plumbing is completed as well. One call will do it all. Call them today at 858-454-7326 or check them out on the web at www.cgpconstruction.com. Give them a call today.
1: Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Sean Black. And of course... I'm here with our leadership guru or our fearless leader, Jim Robinson. Hey, buddy! Hey, thank you for having me. Man, exciting! We're talking about a cool subject today. We're talking about change management, which is super important right now. I think it's happening. I mean, everyone's experiencing a lot of change, and companies are adapting and rolling out changes in their companies to adjust to you know a post-pandemic environment and where we are. We've all been through a lot of the change, so we're chatting about that. You know, we talked a lot about kind of implementing and planning and how to roll that out, how to deal with, you know, employee morale and really getting them engaged and, and sharing that vision. I wondered if you could give some or maybe share some advice to leaders who are m- maybe a little hesitant about implementing change. What would, what advice would you give them?
2: Uh, well, we'll see you later and you'll be employed by <laughs> us too. <laughs> Change is inevitable, man. It's uh, it's it's funny, you know. Years ago, when I first started doing some talks, I said, you know, most men, men or males, will before they get married, you know, they all they all go through this thing that she's not going to change me. That's crap. She's going to change. Well, the reality is, you're changing every single day. We all are. You may as well embrace it and guide it versus being, you know, having some change that isn't guided and it changes you in the wrong direction. So we're changing every single day. You have to embrace that. In a leadership role, you have a responsibility to whoever is employed with you, working on your team. You have a responsibility. I always say it's a moral responsibility. It's, it's the highest responsibility. It's you've got to evolve how things are evolving. Not to conform with everything and the chaos in the world, but to have a plan and what that change looks like. We have an obligation to do something for the greater good, and we do that first with us, and then we do it with our team. That's critical. And if you are the one that's resisting change, I'm telling you, you're going to work yourself out of your own job. Yeah. And if you yeah. own the company, your company's not going to survive. It just won't. Today, we're changing every single day. I say I've been in business 37 years. That's given me countless days to figure out how to change. 37 years of opportunity to change. And today, this very day, I still go to school. I still go to classes. I still go to conventions. I still go to all of that because I have an obligation to continue to grow so
1: I can serve better. 13,505 reasons to change. It's not that bad. It's a lot of days. It's kind of a lot of days. <laughs> <laughs> How do you prioritize and decide which changes need to be made in your organization?
2: Well, sometimes circumstance dictate priority. If you got chaos in the team, there's some assessment that has to be done. You know, what's going on? Is it changing employees, changing the seat the employee's in? That has to be done today. You don't get to wait. You don't have that luxury. In the leadership role, one of the key ingredients, even if you don't have a high D on the DISC, you have to be highly decisive in a leadership role you can't hesitate if you hesitate your team will hesitate if they hesitate it's going to compound and so that can't be allowed you have to decide in the moment and sometimes you're wrong and you can just say hey I was wrong it's it's really that simple and there's nobody's going to say anything so decide never hesitate evolve quickly make change prioritize it based on need team is first client is second but that's critical that you get that you get that part right the team matters because they're the ones truly serving the client if you don't take care of the team they're not going to be able to serve your client so that's really the priority for me i draw it i draw it in a pie chart on the little tiny piece of, that doesn't matter <laughs> the team matters and then the client matters and it's really important that we get that right team You got to get the team and they got to evolve. They got to change. You got to, you know, inspire that growth.
1: Yeah. And I imagine not everyone hops on right away. I mean, how as a leader in the service industry, do you handle when you have team members that are pushing back or resistant when you're trying to implement changes? We use cattle prods mostly.
2: (laughs) We just,
1: (laughs) And, and, well, you know, uh, enough of that. It definitely start to uh, shift your, your thought process there. And we,
2: you know, retire HR for the day so we don't get in trouble.
1: That's
2: but it. Ask that question again. I was making sillies.
1: <laughs> How do you <laughs> – okay, so if you're, as a leader in the service industry, you're, you're going to experience – and I think everyone does at some point – experiences some pushback or resistance from employees – when you're trying to implement change, how, yeah. how, how do you handle it?
2: Well, I, for one, I, I would say that you're probably not a leader if you haven't experienced a, a true you know, adversity or a pushback in a growth. I, I don't know that I have anybody on the team that hasn't resisted change in growth probably multiple times. So I would say you're probably truly not in a leadership role if you haven't experienced that yet. And as you experience that, you'll develop techniques with the individual, how to make the shift and join them on that journey. But the education and, you know, you get the courage comes up way later down the road. Capabilities, courage, and then confidence is built at the very end as the four things. And until you get there, you got to walk that walk with them. But there's always resistance. And if you look at the mirror, if you use the mirror trick, you'll see we all have resistance. It's just how you overcome that, right? Faith or fear. I choose to dance with fear. I'm just like, man, that's going to be a little strange. I got to go do that. But that's being highly decisive and making a decision to go forward. So it's, um, and the, the complexity of the fear gets deeper and deeper. It depends on who you're talking to. But you got to walk with them, talk with them. Get some buy-in to that. You got to cast the picture, cast that vision. What does it look like? Things change. And we all change.
1: We can just guide the process. You feel like pushback or resistance is kind of a natural progression for growth with people?
2: Pushback and resistance is a very natural growth because we're born kind of feeling inadequate at some level. We're not worthy of accomplishments. We all have it. You have it. I have Mm -hmm. it. And because of that, we resist moving forward because the next hill that we're going to climb, we feel as though we're not worthy of the accomplishment. Mm. And because of that, we have to be able to work
1: past that. Sometimes we need somebody to walk with us. Yeah, that makes sense. I've certainly been there. I've been there. I, I get that. Yeah. yeah, I get that. Um, hmm, you know, it's interesting how... This is kind of rolling out with people and and really implementing all these changes, especially right now. But I know that change affects this culture, you know, or it can. Um, in what ways do you feel like leaders can foster culture that's continuous improvement and embrace change in in the organization? <laughs>
2: Culture is an everyday. It's your actions all day. It's you being that example of what you stand for. Culture doesn't change. Uh, Systems that drive a result change. Process can change, but your culture doesn't. Your value system pretty much remains. What you're going to value, you know, for me, it's my mission is, as I walk the walk of, uh, I'm here to grow people through education and opportunity of experiences. And that's what I do every single day. It's literally what I do. I want to make sure somebody has an experience of some kind. And they see it, good, bad, or otherwise, I just see it as it's an experience. And they may, they may preface it in some way or, you know, finish up say, that was terrible. It was just an experience. My, my car was overheating last night on the way home. Literally, it was boiled over. I'm sitting on the side of the freeway. And I'm, and I'm sitting there with my wife, and I'm like, this is just an experience. It's not even that complicated. We'll just get the car fixed. But literally, another experience, and that's an opportunity to learn. And so, one, it's an opportunity to win patience. That was given to me for a reason. I, I could have certainly gotten home a lot faster, but the experience taught me a lesson, and patience is important. And sometimes we got to get those adverse things to, to learn that. Adversity creates common sense. You have to have adverse things happen to you or the common
1: sense is it will remain low. Awesome. I love that. You must have that car, must really be a planned growth for you because you've had a lot of great opportunities to grow. I love that. <laughs> All right. Lots man. of great opportunities. We're going to wrap up. We have, I want to ask you one more question, and only because I think moving into the future of what change management looks like and implementing it and tracking it, I think really is going to push into a very digital set of tools. And so I was going to ask you, like, how do you feel or how do you see technology changing You know, when it comes to change management, but also dealing with customer expectations and impacting the need for change in our service industry, because it's rapidly changing everything and how we roll out uh, new processes and systems.
2: Well, you know, technology is, is rapid changing, but so is the individual, so is the process. And you have to choose which technology is going to serve the greater good or the greater purpose. Just because there's a whole bunch of new technology coming out, that's just another group of people creating things, driving another result, hoping you buy into their technology side of things. We got folks on our team that despise technology, yeah. and they still are able to get the content, and they're able to get the data, and it still moves very fluidly, and they're very hands-on and very you know, talented and gifted what they do. So technology is not the, the save-all, do-all, answer-all. If you resist it, you're going to have a bigger problem because it's going to come after you and it's going to bite you. But if you embrace it and then make sure you're using technology that truly serves the greater good for you and your activities, you got a big win there. So embrace technology, but take what you need. Don't think that you have to consume all of the possible technology because there's no way. I don't get it all. I look at all of it. I have tablets. I have Apple. I have all these things. I'm not super proficient at all, but I embrace the technologies that I need. And I don't spend an inordinate amount of time trying to learn technology. Uh, I have other things that I need to share. Trying to teach somebody technology is not my thing. Yeah. Uh, so there are folks that do that. That's their thing. But So there's tons of technology coming out at breakneck pace.
1: How much of it do you need? You have to sort through that and actually figure that out. How do you feel? How is it changing? Do you feel it's really kind of shifting or, or how do you feel it's impacting the service industry as a whole?
2: You know the service industry has created such a high demand, and they have, as of recent, they've stopped changing. They've hit a wall in the service business, and I think that's a societal conditioning a little bit of that they fear the change because sometimes you know what may be good enough for getting by, the risk of hopefully getting something better is difficult to overcome. And so people are resisting that change. So they're just staying the course, basically. They're staying connected with the one that they do business with instead of moving to the potential opportunity for true change and different results. The demand in service industry has gone higher, and that's where some of the technology comes in to where we can uh, uh, easily data transfer You know, faster content In some cases, folks are managing from home and they're managing by spreadsheet. And so that means they need faster data populated to a spreadsheet where they can get some analytics to that and then make decisions on, you know, I'm going to change this, I'm going to change that based on what all those analytics are. But the change, is fast as it's coming in society, people are also resisting it. And that's why it's probably more painful in society right now.
1: All right. I love it. We're done. We wrap, well, that's it for today. <laughs> <laughs> that's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, man. I love talking with you. I love getting into all these topics on leadership and, and really diving into the service industry. I think you know today was a great subject and, and hopefully, you know, helped inform a lot of people out there. So I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you being on. Thanks for having me. I always learn more the more we talk, the more
2: better things can be.
1: I agree. All right, man, for everyone who is listening on your favorite podcast platform, if you're loving the value that we're bringing, you know, hit subscribe. So you get all of our podcasts and uh, leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you for those on the video land out there and YouTubers, you guys just give us a like. We'd love to see, you know, if you're enjoying the content and hit the bell for notifications that way when great videos drop from Jim Robinson, you'll be able to get it right away. Thank you, everyone. Uh, And Jim, thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time.
2: Cool. Thank you very much.